A consistent body care routine is a really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am sitting on my bedroom floor right now, looking out at the cactus and the pool and the sky, and actually created a little herb garden right outside my window. So I'm looking at all my beautiful plants right now. I'm in a super plant plant-based, I almost said, but plant space right now. Whenever I have like a second to spare, I just want to water my plants and take care of them. I've been a really bad plant mom all my life, but I love surrounding myself with green and greenery and green things. And the past couple of months, I've just gotten a lot better at actually taking care of them. And I've been getting some new plants and every room of our house now is getting really green. And I love that. I just had, I've had the weirdest week I got to say, some weeks, you know, you can kind of look back and go, oh, that was a shit week. Like that was a really bad week for whatever reason. All these things happen. Nothing went my way. I haven't had a bad week. I also haven't had a good week, you know, where I can look back and think of, oh, you know, this was a great week and, and I had this, I was in a flow space or, you know, everything's working out or feeling good. No, I've had a weird ass week. I've been Googling kind of these past couple of days. Is there something astrological going on? that could provide me with some answers as to what the hell is going on <laughs> because it's it's been so weird and people I talk to seem to also be having some weird stuff happening. So for instance, um, we've been doing this, uh, we, we are actually still in the middle of a video shoot a one week production that we are putting on ourselves. And we've been kind of, I've been waiting to create new content for our online platform, new yoga classes for a long time. And it's been so much work putting this together. Of course, we bring in a videographer and we have to have a project manager and we have to have a bunch of assistants to help and locations and actors. And we're doing some beautiful promo videos for the site and marketing. And then of course, you know, shooting like 60 classes in a couple of days. So a lot a lot of things that have to come together. And for some reason, even though the planning was, you know, thoroughly done and we've had 
weekly meetings about this for the past couple of months. Everything's in order. Some For some reason, every day we've had like a major mishap. <laughs> it's been, I, I, and I don't know why. I honestly, I can't figure out what's going on every day. Starting off with realizing on the first day that the location that we scouted and chose actually with this time of year with the lighting is not going to work for the amount of hours we needed to shoot in a day. So, you know, kind of like, a, you know, a mistake and just wasn't as thoroughly researched as it should have been. And, you know, a couple, a couple things went wrong, went wrong there. Not the end of the world. Okay, like this location that we chose is not going to be great all day. You know, we can do it in the morning and in the evening there, but we need to find a better space for middle of the, of the day. So that's kind of like, okay, not a great way to start the shoot. But then every day, I swear, every day this past week, we have had something else go wrong. Like one day, all of the equipment malfunctioned. And in the middle of a class, the mic start, stopped working brand new, super awesome, like state-of-the-art equipment, like a curtain fell down in the middle of a class, like weird, weird, weird stuff. And then, you know, to top it off, our video guy walked into a cactus <laughs> and had to go to the emergency room and, you know, is now with an eye patch, like weird stuff that you cannot, <laughs> we could not have predicted at all. And it's kind of the feeling I've had since day one. It's like, we've just had bad luck with this shoot. And I don't know if it's one of those things where kind of you start off with something not working out and then it extends into the next day and then that doesn't work out and then it extends into the next day. It's kind of like we've taken every mishap and instead of learning from it and diffusing it and, you know, letting it go and starting fresh, you know, energized the next day, it's kind of like that energy of things not working has been brought into the next day and accumulated and things have just gotten worse. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I can almost laugh at it now because I have no other choice. I mean, really... For us, it's a, yeah, business-wise, this is a big investment and, you know, a lot of employees working on this, a lot of energy, time, space, money. I mean, just to have things not work out the way we really needed them to. Um, and I, I've been sitting with this kind of every day, like, what is going on? You know, like, there's been, like, weird communication and then odd, odd, odd things. There's just every day something else has, like, super weird happened. And then I start thinking, like, is this is this a sign that we're not supposed to do this right now? <laughs> you know, I start questioning, like, is it just literally logistical stuff or we're just having really bad luck this week? Is one of those weeks where nothing works? Or is it a sign that there's something that should be different right here, right now? So I've been really every day waiting for why are we not in a space of flow? Like no matter how many you know meetings we have and kind of getting on the same page and then, you know, let's start fresh. You know, today's a new day. Here we go. Let's do it. And then two hours later, like some crazy shit happened, you know, and like, what is going on? <laughs> so that's kind of been my week and it hasn't been a bad week per se, because um, I feel really good. I'm, I'm feeling really good in my body. I've been running a ton. I've been sharing some of that through social media, getting a lot of questions. I feel like I, uh, I've i always been on team fuck running. <laughs> like, I mean, I've spoken about, especially with the, on the podcast I have with Dennis, because he's such a triathlete and, you know, trains, does Ironman races and runs and bikes and swims and does all that stuff. And, you know, well, like, bike a hundred miles and then do a marathon after that, like an insane person. And my whole life I've hated running. And I don't use that word lightly, but like really, really, really running is my least favorite thing of all time. And I'm very vocal about that. And I know all the people listening to this podcast who are also like, don't understand runners at all. 
like they just feel like it's the worst thing ever it's the most awful thing ever and now all of a sudden I'm running you guys have been writing me every day like who are you what is going on how did this happen like how did you change from being this anti-runner and now you're running every day I don't know what happened really it's been done has got a treadmill at the house he's created a little gym like he has his stationary bike set up and then he has a treadmill and I just, he kind of convinced me to get on it for like 10 minutes and it wasn't that bad. And then I did 15 minutes and it wasn't that bad. And then I did 20 and then I kind of got on this program that takes you from never having ever run ever to, actually, I don't know where it's going. It better not be taking me somewhere like a marathon or something because that shit's never going to happen. But to the point where like for the past 10 days, I have been running half an hour every day feeling really good. And yesterday morning, I woke up in the morning And I told Dennis, I was like, hey, I'm so looking forward to to my run today. And he was like, what? <laughs> It's happening. You're getting the bug. Like I told you, you just have to start slow and get really into it. And then, then it becomes this part of your routine and you feel really good. And you're going to feel good with that. It's such a great addition to the yoga practice. Well, you know, he's such a like preaching all of this stuff every day. And I don't know, it's kind of like me with veganism towards him. I haven't been every day telling him you have to go vegan. You know, I'm just kind of hinting at reasons why it would be great for him to be vegan. And all the positives around that and the ethical treatment of animals and, you know, us cooking together, like little positive stuff. I mean, over the course of years. <laughs> and then one day suddenly, you know, he's vegan and he's been vegan now for like nine months. But I think maybe the same thing is happening with him because uh, he's always hinting at, you know, what's good about running and getting your heart rate up and all this stuff and, and how he feels always so refreshed, almost like it's meditation after a run. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a certain type of person who feels good running I call them like psychopaths. <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. But I mean, I really could not ever comprehend anyone feeling good during a run. And now I'm like, hmm, it's, I haven't gone to that place where I feel great during the run, but I feel really good afterwards. So anyway, I've had that kind of week in my body where I feel really good. The baby is amazing. She's in this mega high. I mean, laughing all day long. She's crazy. I mean, running up and down, talking up a storm. You know, she's like a little parrot repeating everything I say. We're having conversations now. It's the best, you know, and Dennis and I are a super team. Like so many things are working. So it's not like everything is bad and I had a bad week. It's just with this specific project that was very important to us and to the business, just everything went to shit. And it's been weird moving through that every day. And I'm not used to having a day, consecutive days where things don't work. And it's kind of forcing me to really sit with this, like what is going on? What if this is something that's not meant to happen right now? Or I really don't know. At the end of the day, you know, we've shot a new teacher for this site, which I'm so excited to show, show to you guys. And we got, we got a lot of really good classes some beautiful promotional videos, but you know, we didn't get everything we were supposed to get. And it's been this uphill battle and such is life as an entrepreneur. <laughs> I mean, it's really the case. Sometimes I wish I, you know, walked into the office Monday morning and someone gave me a task, <laughs> you know, or someone handed me a project or someone said, Hey, here's your job for this week. Like do this. This is your job description. Let's, let's get this done because it's kind of nice sometimes to stick within the framework. Oh, okay, I know what I have to do. And when I'm done with this, then I'm done, right? And as an entrepreneur or a business owner, you never get that luxury of knowing exactly what to do every day. Every day is going to be filled with curveballs, with things you could never have anticipated. I mean, really. And for me, it's kind of, you know, I have to be on, in the trenches doing the work, 
with everybody every day, but also have this bird's eye view objectively looking at where are we going as a team? Is it working within this team? You know, where are we going as a company? We have all these businesses in different countries, which of course adds another layer of challenges. You know, are we making the right decisions? Is this smart in terms of our budget? Like all this kind of, you know, the objective view of where we're going while staying with my feet on the ground. It's challenging to be in both of those positions. And yeah, I think a lot of the things I do in a day, it's also hard for me to to explain. <laughs> you know, I can work a, a 12-hour day and just be totally mega, you know, wow, I got so much done today. Uh, but I didn't leave my house, you know. And sometimes just, of course, the luxury of running your own business, deciding your own hours, choosing to do what you work with, your passion. I mean, nothing beats that. I wouldn't trade that for anything. But especially on a week like this where I feel like, man, nothing is under control and at the end of the day, it's my responsibility because it's my business. That's kind of stressful and yeah, it has been a pain this week. But anyway, so the culmination of all of this, when our video guy walked into the cactus yesterday, which I've lived in Aruba for 10 years, we have cacti everywhere here. I mean, literally. Dennis always shows on Instagram story, like he goes for walks with the dogs and the baby and, you know, picking out cactus fruit with the baby every morning in our street. Um, there's cactus everywhere. I've never heard of someone walking into a cactus with their eye, like only the eye. It's like this freak accident, you know. So after that, like we couldn't shoot anymore. We had to cut the whole shoot the, the last days. So, and I didn't know, so that happened yesterday. And then it was like, okay. And he's he's such a trooper, Jacob. He's a super sweetheart, trying his best with all of the struggles we've had this week. And and the plan was, okay, like we have one more day. Let's start at 5.30 tomorrow morning. We get the sunrise. We get the super good lighting. And that was the plan. So I got up at 4.30 a.m., you know, which sucks, and put on a full face of makeup in the dark, which, you know, not not my favorite thing to do. And then right as I finished, like I finished my makeup, just put on like my last layer of mascara. And then the team calls and they're like, yeah, it's like he's it's trend, it's moved over to his other eye now. He can barely open any of his eyes. Like we're not going to shoot today. This shoot is it's dead. It's done. And I'm standing there at like 5 a.m. Like, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? You know, what what even is the point of this? Man, so I took all my makeup off because I don't know if there's people out there who can sleep with a full face of makeup. To me, that's like the worst, most claustrophobic feeling ever. Try to go back to bed. Didn't really sleep at all. I mean, was basically, I've been up since 4.30. I think I dozed off like another 30 minutes or something. And then the baby woke up at 6, which never happens. She always sleeps till 7.30 and she's up at 6 and it's like, okay. So, and then she's so joyful and so happy and, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's really hard to have a bad day when you're around a ray of sunshine. That's literally the happiest person you'll meet all week. And we sent her off to school and then actually, okay, I just had to look at Dennis. I'm like, we need to do something nice right now. You know, it's been a really intense week and it's been crazy. So we had a little waffle breakfast and had some good coffee and like good conversation. It kind of felt like a Sunday, like 45 minutes sitting around the table, just eating something nice, talking. And I feel like, okay, I, I've turned this day around now. You know, sometimes it doesn't take that much. But anyone else that had a weird week who has an explanation for that, I would love to hear what's going on. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. 
I can't believe how fast this year is going, but the Summer Fab Fit Fun Box is now on pre-sale. In Aruba, it's summer all year round, and getting these boxes always gets me in the mood for new adventures. Let me give you a few spoilers of this season's surprise. There's the Vicks Paula Hermione Lotus Towel, which is absolutely beautiful. The Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, Tie-Dye Bowls for Summer Snacks, a Kimono, my favorite thing to wear, and more amazing goodies. You'll be all set for beach trips and nights with your girlfriends all summer long. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year. It's like Christmas, but every season. With each box, you get to discover new products, including rave review must-haves that you will absolutely love. I've missed the changing seasons in Aruba, and this box is one way I get to experience all of them. Every box you receive will contain amazing surprises of full-sized fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products. There'll never be sample sizes of anything. So try it out. It's only $49.99 a box, and every box is guaranteed to be worth over $200 in retail value. The 2019 Summer Box has a retail value of $460. Many products' individual value is actually worth more than the entire box. The best part of all, FabFitFun allows you the choice to pick and choose certain items in the box. You can make it match exactly what you're looking for. No matter where you live, this box will have you prepped with all the necessities for summer so you can focus on the new memories you'll be creating. Sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code RACHEL to get $10 off of your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Use the promo code RACHEL to get $10 off of your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code RACHEL to get $10 off of your first FabFitFun box. When we moved from Aruba to Sweden, we weren't really sure what to do with our home in Aruba. We didn't want to sell the space that had so many memories and offered us a place to stay when we returned to the island. But what else could we do after moving internationally? That's when my husband came up with a brilliant plan. We can become hosts on Airbnb. Since starting this, I can officially say my husband had the best idea ever. The process of getting our property on Airbnb was so easy. We were able to ask other hosts for tips and got a lot of great feedback. And actually, we still get tons of good feedback and we're constantly improving our space. And Airbnb is really flexible. You just choose the dates you want to host. So if you don't have a full-time rental property like us, that's perfect too. Hosting on Airbnb is great for anyone who frequently travels or has the extra space or has a seasonal house or even someone who always goes away at the same time of year for family traditions or work events. We all know the cost of living is excessive right now, so you can get more out of your space when you host on Airbnb. The added income has been so important for my family and has given my husband a project to manage that he genuinely enjoys. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In terms of life, I've just kind of, uh, just sitting down to record just now, the only thing on my mind right now is abortion. Not because I'm pregnant and I'm looking to get one, but abortion as part of reproductive rights, not just women's rights, but reproductive rights. And uh, if you're following the news, there's lots of really awful things happening around Alabama, Georgia, I think Louisiana, where they just passed, at least in Alabama, they passed this new legislation that the harshest and most restrictive abortion laws in all of the U.S., which is just going in such a scary direction. And I shared something about that just now on Instagram story. 
So I feel like sometimes I have to remind all of my listeners and also myself that I am Swedish, but the the majority of the people that I'm talking to through this platform and also through Instagram is American, American women and people from the US. So in Sweden, abortion has been legal since 1938, uh, one of the first countries in the world to legalize abortion. So, you know, it wasn't just me who grew up in a space of having the right to choose what you want to do for your own life, having the right to choose what you want to do with your own body. I didn't just grow up that way since birth. My mom grew up that way since birth. And even my grandma, you know, had that for for the majority of her life. So we're talking about three generations of abortion being something totally normalized, not a dangerous procedure. We don't have women dying in Sweden because they're trying to seek abortion in, in, in you know, with sketchy, in sketchy places or We don't have anything like that. And it's not a political issue. You know, uh, there's some really scary far right parties right now trying to make it a political issue after so many years of it being totally legalized and normal. So for me, I think for any Swedish woman, thinking of abortion as something as something bad or as something as something anything other than a total personal you know, medical decision that each woman makes for herself is super weird. Like, honestly, we look at, at, at a lot of, you know, these states in America thinking that, whoa, like, is this like the 1800s? What is going on over there? It's so backwards. And for me, that the fact that this is that this is an issue still, it's just sometimes I have to remind myself like, hey, you know, I have to compare <laughs> America right now, at least in these states, kind of with what Sweden was like in the 1940s. You know, if this is sort of still an ongoing debate, it hasn't been normalized for that long, it hasn't been accepted for that long, you know, you need to wait at least another generation or so, I think, for it to be this non, this issue that's just not under discussion. It's basic, fundamental human right. And it's, you know, it's 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 crazy. So when I start talking about this, like, this is so scary. How is this happening so backwards? And I forget that, oh, wait, there's a ton of American women, you know, reading and watching my Instagram stories who just lose their shit immediately. And, you know, I, I'm a yoga teacher. I'm not even American. I should stay in my lane. Why am I even talking about this? How can I preach love and light and not protect these, you know, fetuses, unborn babies in their mother's bellies? And it becomes this huge, uh, you know, this this shitstorm. Kind of like, and I, and I can talk about this pretty freely now because I feel like <laughs> now and anyone who doesn't agree has kind of been filtered away from from this community in a, a bit. But around the 2016 elections, coming from you know from the outside world, I, I shared a post about Trump of like you know like this is just like a joke. Like obviously this is not real. Obviously this man is never gonna never gonna win. Obviously this kind of racism will never be tolerated in modern day America. And and I mean the the backlash that I received from that from Trump supporters, mainly white women who you know helped elect Trump, it was unbelievable. I mean it was it was I was shocked. I could not believe I had that amount of people, women. Um, supporting a man, you know, who was, and it was like the same week that the tapes were unearthed of him saying, you can grab, grab a woman by the pussy, do anything with them, you know, like so openly misogynistic, so openly racist, so openly divisive for me that there was such support for, for him from women. Uh, I, I mean, my jaw just dropped to the floor, you know, and it, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. And now, I mean, a couple of years have passed and I think a lot of people who elected him for whatever reasons have, have shifted to the opposite end, realized that, okay, this is kind of crazy. Things have gone from bad to worse. It's entering, you know, yeah. And I'm not going not gonna to have this podcast revolve around Trump. But now I think, you know, I can talk about that a lot and people, you know, don't raise an eyebrow because 
yeah, we all we're all kind of in agreement there, at least in this community. So that's why for me, it's always such a shock bringing up the topic of abortion. And here's the thing, having, you know, bodily autonomy, the self-determination of deciding, I decide what happens with my body. It's a fundamental human right. And we can't, we can't negotiate that fact. And another thing that really scares me, and you, you guys know, I don't talk about vaccinations on the podcast or anywhere on social media. I don't want to go down that road, but mandated vaccines, anything mandated by the government, any medical procedures mandated by the government, meaning that you don't have a choice, right? Meaning I cannot decide what I want for myself or what I want for my children. I read this awful article the other day about two parents who lost their three-year-old son to social services. They took him away because they did not want want him to undergo uh, chemo. He had cancer. And they had found holistic and natural ways that they wanted to try first. And then they, he was taken away and, and, and forced to undergo chemotherapy. And anyone with a loved one who's, who's been through that, who knows the, the absolute, you know, awful challenges of chemotherapy, we don't have to go super deep down that road. But, you know, should it not be our own right to choose, right? Whether or not we're talking about vaccines or a medical procedure or abortion or anything that goes on with our own bodies or our own children when they're that small, it's up to us to decide. It's terrifying the idea that there's a bunch of white middle-aged men sitting in suits somewhere deciding women need to do this. Women should not do that. Women have the rights to do this. Women don't have the rights to do that. And that their opinions are going to weigh heavier than my own about my own body. It's terrifying. And the whole idea around being anti-choice. So I just learned through my little sharing on Instagram stories, I'm not going to use the the word pro-life anymore, but it's anti-choice. Anyone who advocates anti-choice or anti-abortion, that does not align with the fundamental feminist values. I mean, it's just, it just goes against all of this. Of course, if it's your body, your choice, you can choose to be anti-abortion for yourself, right? Of course. I mean, your choice, you decide what you want to do. But advocating that for the, for the whole nation or for every woman around you? No, hell no. Hell no, that's not okay. And right now in Sweden, you can have free abortions, you know, go anywhere, super safe. There's no stigma around it up until 18 weeks. And if you want to go as far as 22 weeks, you need a, you need a special permission from, from social students. And I don't know how to translate that. I guess that's maybe social services. No, it's something else. Yeah, from, from some government entity anyway. So I am just, <laughs> I have a lot of things on my mind right now. And I'm thinking it would be kind of cool to invite an expert on this topic to the show. I was playing around with that for a long time. I would love to have two experts, like one pro vaccine expert and one anti-vaccine expert on the show just to really have the two views kind of laid out clearly because this is such a such a, a scary and you know current topic it's everybody's talking about it at least when it comes to me and all my friends every mom I know I don't know anyone who feels a hundred percent one way without a single shred of doubt or insecurity around around the health of our kids and I was just playing around with that. And then it was actually Dennis who was like, are you sure you want to open that can of worms? Like, you know, it's so intense just talking about that. So I decided not to. But now talking about abortion, I said, hey, it would be really, it would be kind of cool to have someone who actually have a proper discussion on this, um, if at, at the very least to help educate people. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. 
There's nothing quite like having your friends over for a dinner party. That is, and I love having people over for every occasion, for Christmas, for birthdays, normal Friday nights. We all bring delicious vegan foods for potlucks, and we spend the nights talking, connecting, and sometimes dancing. I have my standard recipes that I always like to make, but this weekend, I'm super excited to try an exotic quinoa salad recipe I found. I'm going to use dried cherries, some mint, and Bob's Red Mill organic quinoa grain. Organic quinoa grain is one of mine and Bob's Red Mill's favorite ancient grains, honored as a sacred crop by the ancient Incas. Whole grain gluten-free quinoa has a nutty flavor and is super delicious in pilaf, salads, soups, stir fries. I use it for everything, even in place of oatmeal in the morning. It's actually also a really good source of iron and offers high quality protein. Quinoa grain is a nutritious alternative to couscous or rice, and there's a huge bonus. The salad I'm making is served cold, so I can whip it up, put it in the fridge, and continue my day until the party starts. I've been cooking up a storm lately because every night just brings new creative ideas. Thanks, Bob's Red Miller, for the quality, flavor-packed, healthy foods that actually taste amazing with your ingredients. You do it for me every time. I'll let you know if the quinoa salad was a hit. Head over to bobsredmill.com slash yogagirl and enter for a chance to win some fun Bob's Red Mill goodies. One winner will be selected by random selection each month. Where I'm sitting with this right now is not just this you know, current topic that I'm sitting with today, but we all feel so strongly about so many different things. And whenever I, I do, almost every day I share through Insta- Instagram story, I share a little reminder of the day. And uh, I did a reminder of the day yesterday. I did do no harm, but take no shit. So that's kind of what I was feeling yesterday in terms of there is a way walking through life. There are moments where we can choose to be the yogi, right? We can choose peace. We choose nonviolence, of course, always, but we choose kindness. We choose to step back. We choose to not engage in drama, like really that to do no harm. But then there are moments in our lives when we also have to really embrace the take no shit part of that statement. When it's time to let the yogi, you know, put the yogi aside and actually go be the warrior, in terms of speaking up for the things that really matter, speaking up for people that don't have the same voice that you do, when it comes to standing your ground, really standing up for what you believe in, when it comes to activism, when it comes to making this world a better place. We can't sit back and do the, and I think it's so common, especially in the yoga community of, oh, you know, love and light. And and uh, I had a really kind of nice discussion with a, a couple of people, actually, whenever I share anything around anything political or mention the word Trump. There's always a couple of people in my comment feed or my direct messages who say, why do you, would you even bring awareness to this? Why even direct energy toward this, this man? You know, he just wants more energy. He wants more space. Every time you talk about him, you're feeding into it. So let's just, let's just direct our awareness and our energy toward positive things. Let's all talk about positivity and let's talk about spirituality and healing and love and light and that kind of bypassing, you know, and it's, it's called, you know, spiritual bypassing. It's also a term super common when we speak about racial issues, but always directing back to the idea of love and light, love and light, love and light. It's a really great way to not have to have any uncomfortable conversations at all, right? It's a really easy way to shut down any important conversation by just saying, hey, you know what? I'm a yogi, so I'm not going to go down this route. I'm not going to have this discussion. I'm just going to sit here and meditate and focus on the beautiful, beautiful things in life. Where the fact of the matter is, if you have the privilege to sit down and meditate all day and only focus on the beautiful things in life, it means you're privileged enough that these things actually probably don't affect you, right? Of course, if you're a white woman and you can sit and talk about, you know, being totally colorblind and and why are we having these discussions? Let's just focus on what unites us. And, you know, yeah, because you're not suffering the effects of racism on a daily basis. You don't fear for your life in certain situations. You don't have that 
you don't live with that weight. You weren't brought up with that trauma and that type of systematic oppression. So of course you don't have to worry. Of course you have the space to sit and meditate and love and light to everybody. But it's bullshit. I got to say, I got to say, there's a way to, to meditate and anchor into your spiritual practice and still stand up and fight for what's right and still speak up when you hear racist shit spoken around you and still share atrocious shit that happens in the world so that people are aware of the fact that, hey, this happens. And I don't want to be the kind of platform that just shares, you know, all the beauty and here is another quote from some spiritual guru and there's fucking children starving in the world. There's women dying by the millions having to have illegal, super dangerous abortions in countries that aren't their own because, because they're raped or because they're pregnant and they don't have the means, the will, the longing, any means at all to take care of that child. And the fact that this is purely a woman's issue, it just pisses me off to the degree that it's just, you know, like, how do we get pregnant in the first place? Where is the man's responsibility there? Honestly. And I, I've seen a lot of those kind of memes thrown around and I really love them. So having an accidental pregnancy, actually, most of the time, it's the fault of the man, right? So not wanting to use a condom or pressuring a woman into not needing one or deciding to pull out, but not doing that. Or at the very least, it's a shared responsibility, but, you know, it's actually the fact that the woman is left alone having to make these really, really difficult decisions and sometimes decisions that will actually affect or can make or break your entire life. No, it's, it's um, to me, it's, it's just, it's not a discussion even. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy that this is even up for debate. Of course, it's our bodies, our choice. And the moment you give that kind of power away to a political entity or to a government, you're going down a super terrifying road really, really super terrifying road. So we can sit here and say, hey, well, why don't you just share a yoga video today? Why are you talking about abortion rights or, or reproductive rights? Or why can't you just like talk more about your, you know, your meditation practice or, you know, it's, I think if we are privileged enough that we can spend that amount of time practicing self-care, doing things that fill us up. And we feel like actually we, we justify bringing the conversation back to something loving and something that's full of light. It means that we have a bigger responsibility than anybody else to take this fight. Honestly, it means that we're privileged enough that we don't have to worry probably about putting food on the table for our kids. If you, if you have a yoga practice and you can carve out the time in, in a week to roll out your mat, to go to a studio, um, if you have a self-care practice that's, that's, that's real, it means you're more privileged than probably 95% of the rest of the women in this world. Really. It means that you have the means. Maybe you're not living this life full of riches, but hey, you have the means, you have the space, you probably have support from your family, you might have a babysitter or a spouse that can take care of the kids to give you a break. Seriously, if you have that kind of privilege, you need to speak up for the women who don't have it, who have to spend 18-hour days working shitty jobs just to make sure that their kids can eat, and who maybe at, every, at the end of every week are worried, wondering, how am I going to feed my kids right now? Will we have a roof over our heads next week? These are the women that don't have the means to actually go and advocate for all of these important things that affect all of us. And more than anything else, affect people of color, affect minorities. A woman of color is four times as likely to die in childbirth as a white woman. I mean, that statistic right there is so fucked up. I mean, we have to speak up. We can't sit here and, and, and preach love and light when it's not the reality for so many people. It might be your reality and good for you. It's my reality. Hell yeah. <laughs> I have a super privileged life. I was born in this skin, in this body, in a country that's one of the most forward-thinking countries in the world. And that still has a ton of issues, of course. 
but I can sit here now and I can, you know, choose to talk about yoga all day long, but where is the real yoga? Why are we, do, why are we in this practice? Why do you roll out your mat every day? You know, I think if, if all you care about is, is being fit or flexible or looking good in a pair of yoga pants, I don't think this is the community for you. I don't think that's why you're here. I think you're here because you roll out the mat and you really feel something at the center of your heart. You feel something. You feel connected to something bigger than you. Maybe it's the one time in the day that you have where you actually feel at peace. Maybe it's for you, it's a way to heal old wounds so that you can feel really strong and empowered inside of yourself. There's something really deep about this practice that takes us to a place of, of total empowerment but we can't have it end there. It can't just be, I do yoga for me. I do yoga for me. I do yoga for me. Me, myself, and I, I feel great. So I drink my green juice. I go to my yoga class. I buy a new pair of $100 yoga pants. And then that's my day. No, use yoga as a way to build something really fucking beautiful inside of yourself that overflows to the point that you can bring that to people who don't have the same privilege as you do. That's why we do this practice. That's what the real yoga is all about. It's not about the chaturangas or the down dogs or the handstands. It's about making this world a better place. And it's each of us. We share that responsibility. We can't sit on the sidelines and look at other people and say, oh, poor them. At least I'm lucky. No. If you're that lucky, you have a responsibility to do something for others. And whether that's advocating politically for reproductive rights, women's rights, if it's actually doing service work, if it's being kind to other people, if it's being a shoulder to lean on, if it's reaching out into your local community to see who can you actually support and help today. Maybe it's all these things wrapped up into one. Maybe it's just having the hard conversations. Or when you're faced with a triggering conversation, like, hey, I follow this girl called Rachel. She's yoga girl on Instagram. I love her stuff. She shares super nice yoga videos. I love her baby. She's just like a ray of light. She shares these fun recipes and, you know, talks a lot about feelings and emotions. And I love, love, love following her. She's so great. And then one day, oh my God, yoga girl shared that she's pro-choice and I am anti-abortion. <gasps> I hate her now. Oh my God, yoga girl, I used to love you, but you're just the worst person. I can't believe you're preaching love and light and now you're advocating the murder of innocent children. <laughs> you know, if that was your reality today, which I got a ton of those DMs, a ton. Seriously, if that was your, your reality today, where someone who you actually feel inspired by, who you align with in a lot of ways, shares something that triggers you to the point that you have to sit down and write something serious about it. Perhaps what you can do as a way of being of service today is actually sit with that discomfort for a moment. We all have emotional reasons behind why we feel the way we feel, right? We do. And sometimes those emotional reasons can overshadow the bigger picture. So maybe you've struggled your whole life with becoming pregnant. Maybe for you, this is such a deeply personal issue because you've tried your whole life to become pregnant and you couldn't and you struggle and you struggle and you struggle. And the idea of a woman going and choosing to abort a child is deeply, deeply personally wounding to you, right? That's a personal issue. 100% and you can look at that objectively and see, hey, I understand that. I understand you're coming from that place. I understand that this is super challenging for you. I understand that this is triggering and painful for you to see. But hey, this is your pain, right? That wound, however challenging, however painful, however you know debilitating it's been for you throughout your whole life, it's your wound and you got to do something with that wound. You can't let that personal wound overshadow millions, hundreds of millions of women's rights to choose for their own bodies. You can't have that wound overshadow something as big and important as fundamental human rights. 
And that's what happens in these political situations is we have personal reasons why we feel the way we feel. And then we forget that, hey, I'm a part of the whole and I'm just looking at this little part right now. Maybe for me, this is triggering. Yes. But maybe for all of the women that are forced to undergo super dangerous surgeries, the women that are actually right now in prison for having a miscarriage in countries like Argentina and Chile, where they're not, where they weren't able to determine was it an abortion or a miscarriage. There's women serving 30 plus year prison sentences right now for having miscarriages, literally, because of the fact that abortion is not legalized in so many countries where it absolutely has to be. And we cannot put ourselves in any other woman's shoes. We can't say abortion is wrong for each and every person out there. You can say abortion is wrong for me. I don't agree with that. I don't want to have an abortion. If I were to get accidentally pregnant, even if I'm 14 years old and it's you know absolutely not equipped, it would be my personal choice to have that baby. Okay, well, it's your choice. Then you go do that. The same way no one's going to force you to have an abortion, have an abortion. No one's going to force you to keep that baby if you don't want it. It's the same thing and it should go both ways. And we have to at some point look beyond that little scope of where we are sitting right now in this moment and look at the bigger picture. This is a huge issue, a huge problem, a huge issue. And same goes with any political issue right now. If it's immigration, you know, every person who's super against immigration right now and, and you know, build the wall and borders, there's always going to be some personal reason beneath that. And I think each of us, it would be really good if we could sit with the discomfort of that and realize, okay, well, I have this political belief that I'm advocating super loudly, but it comes from this personal place, right? It comes from a place of fear. Perhaps I was, I was a victim of something fearful in my past and, it, and then I took that one isolated incident and I applied it to every single person that kind of looks like that or acts like that or speaks like that or advocates that which so many people do, taking one isolated incident and then having it apply to a whole, to a whole group of people, which isn't the case. And because we, we, we've been through this or lived in this society that's so, so, I mean, it's the, the white supremacy in our society. It's, it's unbelievable. The white privilege that uh, we're taught that white is right for so long that even people who are absolutely, you know, maybe don't have a racist bone in their bodies still benefit from the society and the structure right now that oppresses people of other, of other, of other ethnicities. It's just true. So sometimes it's really hard. I have to sit with that all the time, all the time that this, the white privilege I was born into that I'm taking for granted a lot, right? It's forcing me all the time to sit with, sit with that discomfort, to have those conversations, to not always have the right answer or know if I'm saying the right thing, but have the conversation anyway, knowing I'm risking being called out for doing the wrong thing. Well, it's good if I'm called out and I did the right thing because then I can change and then I know, hey, saying that, I mean, so many things I've changed this year. Fuck, I don't even know where to start. Um, years ago, I used to wear a bindi all the time. It was part of my spiritual practice. I felt really aligned in the meditation when I did that. It was something I shared with my best friend. It was this personal thing that I did. I would put a bindi on every time I meditated and, and do a third eye meditation. And, and every time someone said, and I heard it a lot, hey, this is offensive to Indian women. This is a religious practice and it's not your religion. And it's deeply offensive that you're appropriating a culture in that way. I would tell them, oh my God, everything is one, you know, oneness, love and light. And this helps all of us to tap into our energetic center and our intuition and, and blah, 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 blah. Because I was so stuck in this me, myself, and I. This is my practice. Who am I? Why, why would anyone be offended by what I do personally? 
Well, looking at it now, the fact that this is offensive to a whole huge group of women, the fact that one person told me, hey, this is, as an Indian woman, this is offensive to me. You're appropriating my culture and it's not, you don't have the right to do that. One single woman telling me that should have been enough, right? But I wasn't in a space then where I could actually take that information in. So I kept going and it took me having an actual, you know, being called out in a major way, actually doing the research, actually like doing more than just Googling. Why is it not okay to wear a bindi? Asking Indian women, how do you feel when you see a white woman in my place wearing a bindi? Or, you know, people putting on headdresses, going to Coachella or um, all the different ways that, that, that white people appropriate so many cultures today. And listening to those answers and realizing that, hey, I did a lot of things that weren't okay. And now I know better. I can own that and I can change. And every time I see a white person wearing a bindi today, I'll share that. I'll call that out. I'll say, hey, maybe I don't have to be this, you know, super harsh, intense, like hateful thing, but I can just say, hey, I used to wear them a lot. And this is, you know, so I, I kind of, we're coming from that same place and here is what I learned. And here are resources I recommend if you want to learn too. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Who else loves jumping on the bed as much as Leah Luna does? And who loves curling up in bed with her husband at night as much as me? Our beds should be one of our favorite places. I know mine is. And now with Buffy, my bed has become the comfiest, healthiest, and most sustainable place ever too. That's right, Buffy makes bedding that's great for you, your health, and the environment. Their debut product, the Cloud Comforter, actually feels like you're sleeping in the sky. It's softer than cotton and made from eucalyptus, so it naturally soothes the skin. Not only that, it's hypoallergenic and has a high threat count that shuts out dust, mold, and mites for a healthier sleeping environment. Perfect for me and my allergies. And on those hot Aruban nights, it keeps me at the perfect temperature so I feel cozy without overheating even when I'm next to Dennis. I love great products made by people who work hard to minimize their impact on earth. Buffy spent sleepless nights worrying about the bedding industry and its effects on the environment, so they decided to change it. Their products are made using only renewable and recycled materials, which makes them as soft on the planet as they are on your bed. The eucalyptus they use need 10 times less water to grow than cotton does and their products are filled with fluffy fibers made from 100% recycled bottles. Each blanket keeps approximately 50 bottles out of landfills and oceans and after only one year Buffy has recycled and used over 6 million water bottles. It's a win-win-win and Buffy even offers a free trial. Try a comforter in your own bed for free and if you don't love it return it at no cost but after one night's sleep in the clouds I think you'll be more than happy. For $20 off of your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and use the code YOGAGIRL. That's Buffy, B-U-F-F-Y dot co with promo code YOGAGIRL. Buffy.co, that's C-O, not com. Use the code YOGAGIRL. It's so easy. I mean, it's so easy to do just to share the resources that were helpful to me to other people. And other things I used to do, I used to, I used to use the word colorblind a lot or not use the word, but I used to, I used to consider myself an absolutely colorblind, colorblind person because I grew up in a very diverse place. All of my friends growing up when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So growing up, I had very few friends who would consider themselves Swedish. And I had friends from Chile, from Bosnia, from Argentina, from Turkey, from Iran, from Iraq, um, from everywhere, literally. And I was so proud that, that I was living in this multicultural place. And I had so many people in my class that were from everywhere and everything. You know, Why would I see that there was any difference between someone from Iraq and me? Or why would I see that there's any difference with my friend from Nigeria or, 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 or me? And then I kind of took on that idea 
for a long time. Like, hey, I don't see the difference in color. So why should we talk about that? Why are we having these conversations about race? The conversation about race is just furthering the division between us. Let's focus on what unites us. Let's not talk about race. It's old. It's outdated. It's not current anymore. Well, it's really easy to say that from that position of white privilege. For me, it's not current anymore. I'm not walking a day in the shoes of my Iraqi friend, for instance, who very much lives with that, with racism every day, who all the time gets discriminated because of the color of his skin or because of his name every single day. It's really delusional to sit there and say that I don't see color, but I did that for a long time. And I really thought that that was, that that was an okay thing to say, that that was an okay thing to do. Where actually just by speaking like that, I'm minimizing the suffering that, that my friends had been through all of their lives by putting our, all of us in the same place when it's not true. I'm, it's, it's not real. So we can't just bypass all of that by, by talking in a way that we, that we wish society looked, you know, we want it to be that way. Of course, we want there to be oneness for all of us to be equals, for everyone to be treated the same way. But we can't just skip the part where that's not happening. We can't skip the part where we have all of this injustice, all of this inequality, all of this discrimination, all of this racism. It's happening right now. We can't just bypass it and skip, you know, what, however many years into the future where that's no, no longer reality, because right now it is. And if it's not a reality for me, it means I'm privileged enough just to not have to experience it, right? doesn't mean that it's not a fact, that it's not true. I feel like this became a very heated podcast and I'm just sitting here alone talking right now, but it, it, it royally, you know, pisses me off when people tell me I should stay in my lane or when people tell me I should focus on yoga or when people tell me love and light, love and light, love and light. And I, and I think I know there is a lot of white women listening right now. There's a lot of privileged people listening to this podcast. There's a lot of privileged people following me on Instagram and taking that route of choosing not to speak up, choosing not to have the uncomfortable conversations, choosing not to question why we have the belief system that we have. If it's hurting other people, you know, it's worthwhile having that hard conversation, really. It's worthwhile looking at the other side and saying, hey, okay, you, you have this belief. Let's look at that. Where did that come from? Can we talk about it? Can I learn more about that standpoint? Can I learn more about the reality of women that are undergoing forced that, I mean, that are undergoing forced pregnancies. Can we talk about that? What does that look like? Someone was today giving me, it was literally the worst, uh, one of the worst DMs I, I received all day saying, hey, you are so, so pro-animals. Why are you not pro-humans? And of course, when you take in a pregnant dog, of course, you would never in a million years uh, abort those puppies. But of course, instead, you build an animal shelter and you take care of those puppies and you find them homes, right? That's what you do. And I got to be honest and say, you know, we've had cases where we've taken a, a dog in who's been in really dire medical uh, in a really dire state where their, you know, their heart is full of heartworm or they're super sick, or we just, we have to make the call, not even a vet, you know, together with a vet, we have to decide because we're the ones who took them, the, the dog in. Is this dog going to be okay with these puppies? Is this, is this, is this the right thing to do? We have, we have 150, 140 dogs right now. They all need adoption. There's a limit to how many dogs we can take in. It's just, we don't have the means. We have to make those decisions every day, okay? We have to choose. Do I leave this dog in the street? Do I take it home, right? And we're doing this type of work. So we are the ones in the street, in the trenches, working every day. It's super, super, super hard. So we've had cases where a, a, a mom or a dog mom 
has been super early in her in the stage of pregnancy. We know she's impregnated against her will. We can tell she's had 10 litters. You know, she's miserable. Where, yeah, we allow that dog to undergo an abortion so that she can have an okay life. 1.5 million dogs in the U.S. alone are euthanized every single year. I mean, just look at that. 1.5 million dogs are euthanized every single year. So hell yeah, we're pro-neutering and we're pro-spaying the animals. Of course. And I think making the parallel between between animal, animals and, and humans, it's absolutely insane. And yet you're forcing women to undergo pregnancies and forcing women to go through childbirth that they absolutely not only don't want. Can you imagine just having to be born into a world not being wanted by your parents? Not only that, not equipped at all, without the means, without the support, without the family, without anything at all. You know, like you, you, you can't just say you're, you're anti-abortion and, and pro-life, whatever that means, and then not look at the big picture and all the problems that we have in society right now and not look at what happens when you let a government entity decide what women should or should not do with their bodies. I mean, I mean, to me, it's just, man, man, oh man. And of course, we can't, it's easy to look at the dog situation and say, hey, 1.5 million animals are euthanized every single year. Should we allow all of these dogs, should they all go around having puppies every, you know, left and right? No, that's insane. That's totally insane. We can't apply that in the same way when we speak about human beings because we can't say how many millions of, of children suffer every year. What we can say is how much a woman suffers having to be forced going through something with her body that she doesn't want. And not only on that, you know, on, on, on a level of having to raise a child that you don't want or having to go through childbirth that you don't want, but having something so drastically change your entire life and on a spiritual, emotional level, being forced to move through something that you feel in your gut with every fiber of your being is wrong, right? Fuck. It would make more sense to uh, all the men out there who refuse to wear condoms, all the men out there who, who are raping women. I mean, holy fucking shit. And the fact that this law is also not making exemptions for women who have been raped, women who have suffered through incest. I mean, can, can, can you not see how, how this line gets very blurry? You know, what's okay, what's not okay? Imagine being raped, undergoing the worst trauma you've ever been through in your life, this life debilitating trauma, and then you're forced to carry your rapist's child. I mean, to me, it's just, if you think that's okay, you're, you're on another planet, man. I mean, you, I, it, it's hard for me to talk about that and not, you know, burst into tears because it's so, so, so awful. But on that spiritual level of having to, being forced to do something that you feel with every fiber of your being that is not right for you, man, it kills you. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even begin to even talk about that. So I think if you're so strongly advocating anti-abortion, because it's not the same thing as being pro-life, and I'm going to use that wording from now on always, anti-abortion. You can be anti-abortion for yourself, that's okay, but if you advocate that as something that should apply to every woman around you, I, I really, really, really believe that you need to have some conversations with some people that probably aren't a part of your community right now. You need to have some conversations with people that aren't as privileged as you are knowing that the, the brunt of this is going to be received by minorities, by people who aren't in that privileged space, having these conversations, sitting comfortably somewhere. No. Okay, I'm really fired up right now. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's wind things down a little bit. I, I think it's our responsibility to talk about these things. I do. I lose a lot of followers every time I do. 
it's okay. It's actually, it's actually a good thing. I don't want to have to tiptoe around, you know, maybe I'll upset some people if I talk about this. This for me, it's, it's not activism. It's just, it's, it's human rights. It's something super clear. Also what I was sharing yesterday in terms of that little reminder that I was sharing through Instagram when I spoke about do no harm, take no shit, meaning that you don't have to go along with the herd mentality, right? If you know something in your heart and it's 100% right to fight for that, to speak up for that, to go with that. And then someone wrote, well, what about misogyny and racism? <laughs> you know, what if you happen to be in a community filled with racists or you're born into a family that's racist, you're born into a misogynistic society culture and you really have that around you? You know, should you then also, <laughs> like, should you also just, you know, if that's, if that's kind of where you are, what about those things? And then my response was, you know, that inner voice of truth inside of your heart, that real, you know, conviction of something, of something heartfelt, it's never going to be racist. That voice is never going to be misogynistic. That voice is not going to be racist. Hell no. That voice is going to be a voice of unity, a voice of oneness, a voice of, of feeling compassion for other people, a voice of being able to look beyond me, myself, and I and my own personal situation and look at the reality of other people and actually want to do something to be of service, of actually wanting to help others. That, that's what that voice is, right? So do no harm, take no shit. Don't take shit if, you have, if you're surrounded by all of these ideas that are, that are, that are really dangerous, man, that are really, really dangerous and creating so much of the suffering that we see in this world today. So much of the suffering that other people move through can actually be alleviated by you having these conversations, by you being open to speak up for these people, by you sharing things when they happen, by you deciding to take your yoga off the mat and actually be of service in, in, in a bigger way. And you can, you absolutely can. I love you guys for listening to this I think it's been like 45 minutes of, of me ranting. <laughs> I would love to keep this going, honestly. I would love to keep this going. I would love to keep to keep having these conversations. And I also am wondering how how do we actually, is it actually possible to change someone else's mind? And it's one thing I feel having this conversation woman to woman, right? Where, you know, maybe we know what it's like to be pregnant, to birth a child, to be a mother, Maybe we know the fear of fear of not wanting to be a mother. Maybe the fear of, of of having men decide what's okay and what's not okay. You know, it wasn't that long ago that women were not allowed to vote. It wasn't that long ago that women had to undergo forced medical procedures, forced medical examinations, forced medical testing. Right? It's not that long ago. Still, in a lot of places in this world, there is forced female, you know, genital mutilation, super common. Because that's 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 what that's what society has decided in those places, right? And do you think that society is run by a woman? Do you think there's a woman someone somewhere saying that? No. <laughs> you know. So putting the our future, our well being, our autonomy in the hands of male politicians, I think as women, whether we're, you know, pro or not, whatever we are, I think we should all be able to agree that that's not a road either of us, any of us wanna go down. I really, I, re I really hope that that's the case. I really think that that's the case. <sighs> let's, wherever we are, let's go ahead and, and close our eyes if you have the ability to. <sighs> let's take a couple deep breaths. So the next inhale, let it move all the way down into the bottom of the belly. Take a moment, let the breath linger there. 
And then open the mouth, exhale, let it go. And just take this moment to feel, really feel what's moving inside of your body right now. Probably if you listen through this whole podcast, you're feeling a little bit fired up. Maybe there's lots of energy moving inside of you. Maybe there's, maybe you're triggered. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're confused. And you know, all of those things, just feeling that. Yeah. The point being here is we have to feel. We have to feel and we have to take a moment to pause and check in with those emotions to actually, to actually get to the next level of, of evolution, to actually get to the next, next level of, of consciousness, which is what we're all trying to do here. We're trying to move toward a place of, of connection, not separation. So feel into that right now. You have the power to make a change in the world. Don't get confused. You have the power to make a change in the world. You really do. You have a voice. You can speak it. You can reach out. You can ask for help where you need it. You can rally people together. You can march. You can yell. You can fight. Oh, man, there's so much power inside of you. So, so, so much power inside of you. And I hope you feel that. I hope you feel that in this moment, that that fire inside, you can choose to stoke it. You can choose to put it out right? You can choose to stoke it, to, to let it burn, and then to use that fire and use that light to really be of true service throughout your lifetime. But it's important that you make that choice, right? To make that choice to fight for other people. We got to fight for other people. We can't just sit here alone and meditate our way to happiness. It doesn't work that way. We're all in this together. We can't walk this earth alone. We can't pretend like we're walking this earth alone. We have to speak up for people who don't have the means to speak for themselves, right? We have to do what we can. So let's take this fire today and let's do something. Man, let's do something. Let's take some action. Um, do some research. If it's this, these issues or causes or whatever issues I've spoken about today, if that's what fires you up, um, if it's something else that's firing you up, do some research. Google is a great resource. How can you actually advocate for change? You know, call your representatives, sign a petition, donate to organizations who do good work, talk to your family, go have that conversation with that person that you know is doing a lot of harm in this world. Do something, you know, do something, do something. If there's someone you know who's suffering, maybe tell them I have your back. Maybe ask them, hey, hey, I know you're in this place. I'm in a different place. Can I help you? Do you need help? What can I do? Is there a way that that you can see, that maybe I can see right now where I could be of service. Ask, yeah. If you want to educate yourself, ask. See what resources are available to you and let's grow. Let's grow, let's look, grow, let's grow. Let's not go down these roads. Let's not go backwards. Let's, let's grow from all of this. And hopefully one day we'll be able to look back and look at this time as the time where we all banded together and things actually happened, Right? That 100 years from now, we look back at this decade as like, whoa, so much crazy shit went down. But thank God it did because it brought us all together. And we made that change. Yeah. So let's take another full breath in. And out. If you have your eyes closed, blink them open. Wishing you a fired up day. I really am wishing you a fired up day. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go make a change. 
I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and sticking with me for this entire rant. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of them on yogagirl.com, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Of course, don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work, and thanks to my sponsors, FabFitFun, Bob's Red Mill, and Buffy. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.